Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Radio Days. This is your host, John Hagedorn. Today and Wednesday, we'll be offering the first story from Rod Serling's The Zero Hour, which was a 1973-74 American radio drama anthology series hosted by Rod Serling. It featured tales of mystery, adventure, and suspense, and always featured a cast of well-known actors. It was originally intended to be aired Monday through Friday, so there's five different episodes. We're going to air 1, 2, and 3 today, and the conclusion, 4 and 5, on Wednesday. The story that we're doing is called The Wife of the Red-Haired Man. Hope you enjoy The Wife of the Red-Haired Man on Rod Serling's The Zero Hour. The Mutual Broadcasting System presents... The Zero Hour. Sponsored in part by Quaker State Motor Oil and National Presto Industries. This is The Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. I'm Rod Sterling. You're listening to The Zero Hour. Rest your eyes. Exercise your imagination. This week, Bill S. Ballinger's best-selling novel of the pursuit of a damned couple. The Wife of the Red-Haired Man. Starring Patty Duplastin. John Astor. And Howard Duff. In Elliot Lewis's production of The Zero Hour. This week's story draws its title from an ancient Irish poem. Here's the last verse. But the day of doom shall come and the hills and harbors be rent. A mist shall fall on the sun from the dark clouds heavily sent. The sea shall be dry and the earth under mourning and ban. Then loud shall he cry for the wife of the red-haired man. It's the tale of the hunted and the hunter, the pursuer and the pursued, the stalking of life and death. Do you believe, as I do, that the hunter and his quarry build an empathy between them? A sympathy? As the chase builds toward the inevitable conclusion, is it possible that, subconsciously, they become aware of each other's moves, counter-moves, plans, even emotions? There are two individuals who will tell you that's so. The poet and the cop. Picture this. A windy, rainy November night in New York City. A man about 30. His most identifiable feature, a crest of flaming red hair, stands in a public telephone booth.
Hello? Hello? Mrs. Rohan? This is the Turner house. There's no one... Rohan? Did you say Rohan? Hello? Who is this? The red-haired man wears no raincoat. When he pulls up his jacket collar, we see a revolver stuck into his trousers. The red-haired man walks to the end of the street, where he turns and is lost to our view. His destination is East Vanduf Place, a small exclusive street near the river, where large apartments cost a lot of money. Inside one of them, a married couple, Albert and Mercedes Turner. You're very quiet. What? Oh, am I? I'm sorry. Would you care to tell me who called? It wasn't anyone. I heard you asking questions. You told someone this was the Turner house. You said another name. What was it? I've forgotten. It wasn't anything. It couldn't have been. You lie badly. And you lie a great deal of the time. Don't, Albert. Please, don't bait me. The door? Yes. Hmm. Shall I? No. No, I'll get it. Hello, Mercy. You. It is you. Oh, you. You. I tried to warn you. I called, but then I lost my nerve. I froze. Mercy. Mercy. Mercedes? Who's at the door? Mercedes? Come in, Hugh. Who is it? it it's someone who... Albert, it's someone who... It's all right, Mercy. Well, if you're through kissing my wife, come in and let me get a look at you. Come in, darling. Come in. Well, introduce us, my dear. I'm Hugh Rohan. Am I supposed to know you? Mercy, didn't you... Hugh's my... I thought he'd been killed in Vietnam. Rohan. Oh, of course. That's the name you said on the phone. The last time I saw Mercy, she was my wife. Your wife? Mercedes, is that so? Yes. I was Hugh's wife. Long ago. <laughs> did you just forget to tell me, my dear? Slip your mind, did it? That you were already married when you jumped into my bed? Don't talk to her like... I wasn't married. I'd obtained an Enoch Arden decree. You divorced me? 
Well, then, at least you're not a bigamist. Whatever else you might be. Why, Mercy? Why did you Seven do Seven years, Hugh. They said you were missing in action, presumed dead. I waited seven years, darling. For a con. What? <laughs> you waited seven years for a convict. Missing in action? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. <laughs> Hugh, what does he mean? I mean he's a con. He has the stink of prison all over him. Haircut, prison issue shoes. Unless he's anemic, he hasn't seen the sun all those seven missing in action years. What's he talking about, Hugh? Put that phone down. Oh, my dear phony fellow, it's my duty as a public-spirited citizen to tell the police there's an escaped con in my living room. Put it down. If you come near me, I'll blow your head off. Put that gun away, Albert, please. Please, put the gun away. Operator. Albert? He's dead. You shot him. He was going to call the police and spoil it. I waited seven years, Mercy. Seven years! But he's dead. What will happen to us? I don't remember if I'd ever seen a dead body before. But Hugh faced the matter as though it were almost commonplace. He hung up the phone, which had fallen to the floor, and then closed Albert's eyes. He would have separated us again. I couldn't let him do that. Was it true? What he said about you? No. We can't stay here. And we'll leave. You take what you need and we'll leave together. No. Not yet. What? I can't leave until tomorrow. We'll need money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I'll stay with you until morning. No, you have to leave now while it's dark. Otherwise, someone might see you. But what about him? We'll put him in his room. The maid comes at 10 o'clock. We don't want her to find him right away. All right. Where do you want him? His bedroom. I better answer it. It might be the operator. Maybe she traced his call. Where's, where's this bedroom? Through that door, the room on the, on the right. All right. If that's the operator, tell her everything's fine. We were playing a game and the phone fell off the table. Hello? Al? What? Al there? Albert? Did you want to talk to Albert? Let me talk to Al. Who is it? Is that the operator? Someone wants to speak to Albert. Not Albert, Al. What's the matter? Are you drunk? I want to talk to Alan. Alan Fox. My goodness, can't you understand a simple request? Alan Fox. That's him. You have a wrong number. There's no one here by that name. Oh, I'm most extremely sorry. I thought it was someone... I don't know, someone who heard us or saw us through a window. I was frightened. It's all right. Everything's all right now. We're together. 
Yes. We'll always be together because that's how it was meant to be. Go now, while it's dark. I'll get the money in the morning. Then come to the rooming house where I'm staying. Here's the address. I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. All right. In the morning. Good night. Not every detective working on a murder in New York City belongs to the homicide squad. A detective from the precinct where the killing occurs is also assigned to it. East Vanda's place is in the 19th, and therefore the report of Albert Turner's death came over our desk, and I went out on it. The medical examiner and the technical services crew were already there when I arrived. Williams, over here. Hey, you precinct guys sleep in or what? It's almost noon. Only got it half hour ago. Went on homicide here. Half hour ago. I just got there. Hmm. Ooh, this is quite some beautiful layout. Yeah. It's class. Real dough. Who reported it? The maid, Thelma Jordan. She found the body. Uh, Miss Jordan? Turner's her boss. She'll tell you about it. Yes, Mr. Scores. This is Detective Williams here, Miss Jordan. 19th Precinct. He'll be working with me on this. Hello. Uh, tell me where you found Mr. Turner. Well, the poor man was in his bedroom. I... Thought he was asleep, lying in bed, covers all drawn up. He left her alone? Oh, no, sir. They're married. Does the Mrs. Turner? Oh, yes, indeed. Well, where is she? Well, I'm sure I don't know. She wasn't here this morning when I came in. She at work? Oh, no, sir. She don't work. Well, isn't Mr. Turner usually up and around? Oh, yes, sir, but this morning Miss Turner left me a note. Here. Let me see that. Thelma. Mr. Turner wasn't well last night. Don't awaken him. He needs the rest. Mercedes Turner. Dr. Branch from the medical examiner's office. He's with the body. What do you suppose happened to Mrs. Turner? I can't even guess. Morning, Will. Doc. What happened? One shot straight in the ticker. Fully clothed. Suit, shoes, lying under covers. Tell me, doctor. Did you close the eyes? No, but somebody did. Who? His wife? Remind me to ask her when we find her. Also, how come she didn't notice a dead husband in the bedroom? This is a man's room. Apparently, they had separate bedrooms. How long has he been dead? It's a guess. I'd say since around midnight. Another guess for you, Doc. Possible suicide? Yeah, negative. No powder stains in the front of his shirt. There's at least none I can find without a microscope. Besides, when I... There's no gun. That's right. There is one. We haven't found it yet. Uh, another thing. You'll notice that not much bleeding. Probably shot someplace else, then placed in the bed. Any idea where? Uh, possibly. The technical boys found something in the living room. Oh? What? Possible blood stain on the rug. They clipped the sample and they're going to check it. Near the bar by the phone. Yeah. Shot as he was calling someone? Maybe. You know, when I got here, this chair had been pulled up to cover that stain. The boys nearly missed it. Yeah. Oh, uh, Miss Jordan? Yes? Uh, listen, does Miss Turner have a book where she keeps phone numbers, you know, uh, stores, shops, beauty parlor, places where she might be this morning? Yeah, I'll get it. And, and would you uh, check her things for us, see if anything's missing? Yeah, right, right away. Where do you suppose she is, Will? Hmm? I don't know. Can't even guess. Think maybe something's happened to her? It's possible, Scores. It's very possible. 
happened so suddenly. All of it. Hugh returned from the dead, holding me in his arms. Suddenly we were young again. And innocent. Then Albert began saying those terrible, threatening things. Of course Hugh had shot him. If I'd had a gun, I would have too. Hugh killed him for me, really. Now he had to get away. I couldn't sleep that night, alone in the apartment with Albert's body. In the morning, I gathered some clothes, including my fur coat, left a note for Thelma Jordan, the maid, and hurried to the bank. Mrs. Turner, good morning. How nice to see you. Good morning, Mr. Forrest. How may we serve you? Is Mr. Turner feeling well? Oh, yes, thank you. Would you cash this check for me? Yes, certainly. $4,500. Are you closing your account? Oh, I wouldn't dream of it. No. If you promise you won't tell Albert. Not a word. Well, I'm being terribly extravagant. I simply can't resist a lovely new car, and I promise to pay the difference in cash. And surprise Albert. Exactly. Of course. Oh, and uh, while you're getting the cash, I promised Albert I'd bring him some papers he left in our safe deposit box. The money will be here when you get back. Thanks so much. good to be true. She's gone to the police. She's told him what happened. No. No, darling. I withdrew money from the bank and took my jewelry from the safe deposit Doesn't box. matter. Doesn't matter. You're here. That's all that's important. Seven years, Mercy. I waited seven years to be with you. Seven empty years. I, I just don't seem to be able to function without you. Hugh. What did Albert mean? When he called you a convict. Oh, nothing. Forget it. Come on. Come here. Come here with me. Here. Here, sit down. Was it terrible? All those years? I told you. I'm not complete without you. Oh, mercy. We can't stay here, darling. The police will be looking for us. I know. Hugh? Yeah. I felt the same way. Incomplete. All the while you were gone. You're all I I've ever really had, my darling. You're everything that makes me warm and soft. Oh, you. 
There's certain procedures you set in motion after a homicide. You look for the deceased's enemies. You question everyone who might know something about what happened at the time of the crime. You make sure the lab is checking fingerprints and possible blood stains, lost bits of hair, anything and everything. My job is trying to solve a puzzle. When you first begin, Yes, sir, I, I certainly will. Was that? The commissioner. Want to know what we have. They're asking questions upstate, you know. Well, tell me, Will. What has the 19th been able to come up with in how long? Six hours since we got the call? Well, we have a dead man and a missing wife. I called the phone numbers and made found for me, beauty parlor and such. No one's seen her for the last day or so. The lab's pretty sure Turner was shot in the living room. They think that bloodstain near the phone will match his type. That's great. Turner's shot in the living room near the phone... With a bullet in his heart, he walks into the bedroom and gets settled down under the covers, which is where he expires. Which leaves us at square one. Someone shot Turner in the living room, carried him to the bedroom, shut his eyes, then left the premises for who knows where. But, uh, that's someone being Mrs. Turner, huh? That's all we have at the moment. Well, maybe we got a little more, Will. What do you mean? According to the maid, Mrs. Turner's overnight bag is missing, along with a few dresses, shoes and things, Ooh. and a fur coat. Some bracelets, earrings, etc. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll find the lady. Uh, Mrs. Mercedes Turner. Last seen when? Uh, last night? Yeah, as far as we know. Carrying an overnight bag. Wearing a fur coat. Let's see. Uh, height. Uh, uh, you got a picture of her? From the apartment, you mean? Yeah, from the apartment. Every dummy in the world has snapshots. Weddings, picnics, holidays, trips, whatever. Not this lady. What? We tore that place apart, Will. There is no picture of her. We're putting out on all points for Mercedes Turner, and we don't have the faintest idea what she looks like. Tomorrow at this time... Rest your eyes and listen here to this week's continuing study in suspense, The Wife of the Red-Haired Man. I'm Rod Serling. I'm Rod Serling. You're listening to The Zero Hour. Rest your eyes. Exercise your imagination. This week, Bill S. Ballinger's best-selling novel, The Pursuit of a Damned Couple. The Wife of the Red-Haired Man. Starring Patty Duplaston. John Aspen. And Howard Duff. Elliot Lewis's production of The Zero Hour. Because we didn't have a photograph of Mercedes Turner, scores of homicide interviewed people who knew the woman, and from their descriptions produced a police artist drawing of her. By nightfall, this picture would be circulated to airlines, bus depots, train stations, shipping agents, everywhere where Mercedes Turner might be seen. 
Meanwhile, I began to check into the missing woman's background, searching for some clue to her whereabouts. Mercedes Turner's maiden name was Clinton. Her home had been in Mountain Forge, Connecticut. I drove up there. The police station was across the street from the railroad depot. I parked and went inside. It's not a state officer. I need cooperation from the local police. Chief Novak. Speaking to him. You the officer called me from New York? Wiggins, that's right. How long did it take you? Less than three hours. Too close. We folks here feel about city cops. <laughs> well, I just realized I was in a popularity contest. Uh, Mercedes Turner, you said on the phone. Yes. You know her? Yeah. And she was a little girl. Name was Clinton before she was married. What was she like? Nice kid. Real pretty, lively, blonde hair, big blue eyes. You ever get in any trouble around here? Nope. Caution her once in a while, give speed in the mic too fast. Lyman Clinton, her dad, give her a little yellow car when she first went away to school. Drove it all over. Real fast sometimes. Now, you know kids. Uh, Clinton's are pretty well off. Uh, don't worry where the next meal's coming from. Old family in these parts? Tolerable. Four, five, two, three. Was uh, Mercedes an only child? Yeah. Light of Lyman's eye. Mighty proud of her. Maybe a mite too proud. How's that? I sort of always figured he knew what was best. Nothing good enough for her, in Lyman's view. Regardless what she wanted. You believe she uh, shot her own husband? I don't know. What's your opinion? If she wanted to bad enough, she might have. Except one thing don't line up what I know about Mercedes. What's that? Well, she was brung up proper. Knows right and wrong. And maybe she got mad on blazes. Even had good enough reason to shoot her husband. But if she did it, she'd take a medicine. She'd walk in and hand you the gun. Well, you see... You see what I mean when you meet the daddy. We left Hugh's terrible little room hand in hand, like young lovers off on an adventure. I knew we had to get out of the city, and so did Hugh. We took a bus across the river to Jersey City and got off on a bleak street lined with huge car lots, garages, auto parts stores, crawling and sprawling beside one another. We bought an action in the newspaper, ducked into a shabby little diner, and ordered coffee. Here it is, see? They found it. Yes. But they don't know about you. They're looking for a woman alone. They're looking for me. Mercy, after I left last night... I took every got... picture of myself I could find and Albert's gun and threw them away. Ah, that's good. Now... Gotta get away from here. Where should we go? Anywhere. It doesn't matter. Just leave before they find out about me. Yes. I thought we'd buy a car. That's that's good. That's good. The police will expect you to take a plane or a bus or whatever. All right. Wait for me. I'll get a car. Be careful. Be very careful. I 
Steve Novak and I had lunch, and then I called New York and talked to scores. He got the all-points bulletin out on Mercedes Turner with her description, and was in the tedious business of checking out everywhere she might have gone. Friends, neighbors, stores, everything. So far, he'd come up empty. The woman had simply disappeared. I was approaching the puzzle from the other direction, trying to find a connecting thread from her earlier days. Chief Novak drove me out to her father's house. A big old farmhouse set back from the road by a twisting gravel drive. Huge trees towered over the house like great leafy umbrellas. Come in. Simon Clinton, the woman's father, was tall and thin, a bit stooped. He had a long, thin face with creases running from cheek to nose. Snow-white hair. Led Novak and me into a study out the big living room. He motioned us to a couple of worn, shiny leather chairs and seated himself behind an old-fashioned roll-top desk. It was a genteel, patrician background for a woman I was beginning to suspect of murder. Chief Novak says you want to talk about my daughter. That's right, Mr. Clinton. Now, before we get started, if I did know anything, I doubt I'd tell you. Furthermore, I'll never believe she shot Albert Turner. Does she have any reason to shoot him? None I know about. Anyone else want to shoot him? No. You hesitate. Just thinking. Would uh, Mrs. Clinton have any information? Quite sure she wouldn't. Miss Clinton's uh, gone now. Very better than five years. I'm sorry, I didn't realize. Uh, when was the last time you saw your daughter? A couple of weeks ago. Dinner one night in the city. You see her often? My daughter and I are very close. Sometimes she comes up here or else I I go to New York. When did she marry Albert Turner? A little over a year ago. You have a picture of her? No. Not even a wedding picture? You heard me. I don't like pictures. Oh, there's one over there. Mrs. Clinton? Yes. That's the exception. And if you had a picture of Mercedes, you wouldn't give it to me anyway, would you? <clears throat> uh, Williams, I think maybe we uh, better move along. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for your time, Mr. Clinton. It was while I was buying the car that the questions began gnawing at me. Questions about Hugh. When the war in Vietnam began, Hugh had been one of the first to be drafted. He shipped out very soon after his induction and then... Nothing. No word. No trace. Nothing. The Red Cross helped me, but all we could learn was that he was missing. Missing in action, they said. And then, as years went by, presumed dead. But I waited. And I felt myself drying up. Aging without him. Is this a car? It's not bad. This is it. What name do you use? Mrs. Walter Brewer, Trenton, New Jersey. Slide over. I'll drive. Do you have a license? You've been away a long time. Yours isn't good now either. Has your right name on it. What's the difference? If we're stopped, that's it for both of us. Just the way it used to be. 
Mercedes Turner's father, Chief Novak, had someone else he thought I should see. A woman, Clara Goldwater, who'd been close to Mercedes in high school. Clara was married now, wife of a foundry worker in Mountain Forge. I'll wait here. Their home was a squatting, shapeless bungalow in a shabby, genteel sort of neighborhood. You've seen a million places like it. Clara Goldwater, a friend of Mercedes Clinton. Oh, yes. My name is Williams, New York Police. Chief Novak is out in my car. May I come in? Oh, yes, come on. Oh, Selma. Oh, this time of day she's cranky. Sit down, please. Thank you. What do you want? A little information about Mercedes Clinton Turner. She's disappeared. Just gone? Something like that. Oh, my goodness. I know you're busy. This won't take long. When did you last see Mercedes? Oh, not in ages. Years. In high school. Then we sort of drifted apart. But you remember her well. Oh, yes. Such a beauty. Mm. <laughs> Never say that about me. I was the plain one. But we were real close friends, at least for a while. And then she went her way, and I went mine. Settled down here. Uh, you ever meet her husband? Albert Turner. What kind of man is he? Quiet, when I saw him. Quiet, kind of. A kind that broods over things? Did he have something to brood over? Hmm, might have. You think Mercy's in trouble? Real trouble? Yes. She's in a great deal of trouble. Enough to make me break my word? Mrs. Battles, if you know anything at all, you should tell me. Oh, Mercy made me swear. Really, swear on the Bible I never tell a soul. Even after Daddy found out about it and broke it up. Yes? Well, Mercy was married before. Did Albert Turner know that? Well, after it was over, after Daddy broke it up, Mercy wouldn't talk about it. Not a word. So I don't suppose Albert Turner did know about it. How long ago did this happen? Oh, long, long ago. Years ago, it seems. Back when the Vietnam War began, back then. They ran away to get married. I was supposed to be a witness, but I couldn't go at the last minute, and they went ahead and did it anyhow. Who was the man? Who'd she marry? A boy she met in Prester. Well, she was going to school there? Must have been so long ago. I remember he was poor. And they were both awful young and so much in love. They were going to keep it a secret. Uh, what was the boy's name? His last name was Rohan. Can't recall his first name. Uh, what a pretty picture they made. In what way? Well, she was so blonde and he had red hair, flaming red hair, like he was on fire. You drove carefully, partly because he wasn't used to being behind the wheel. Partly so we wouldn't do anything to make a policeman stop us. We drove south without even discussing why. I found myself staring at him. At the flaming red hair. The boyish face. Tired now. Worn. He 
must have felt me staring at him because he shifted in the seat to look at me. That's when I saw that he was still carrying the gun in his jacket pocket. Hugh? Yeah? Should you keep the gun? Shouldn't you get rid of it? Uh, no, I... I have to keep it. You'll see. See what? Well, if, uh, if anything happens, if anyone tries to stop us, break us up, now that we've found each other again, I may need to use it. Because there's nothing in this world can take... can take you away from me again. Hey, remember Rehoboth Beach? Yes, of course I remember. That's where we're going. A second honeymoon, Mercy. Huh? It's winter. Will anything be open? <laughs> we don't need more than a room. And the police won't look for us there. All the police are watching for right now is a single woman. They don't know about the car, or the jersey plates in the car, or about me. We're going to have our second honeymoon, Mercy. According to Clara Battles, Mercedes Turner had met her first husband while she was a student at the Bentley Collegiate Institute in Preston. I drove up there and then called New York to tell Scores what I'd gotten. So she may not be alone, huh? She could be traveling with this red-haired guy, Rohan. I suspect that's true. Otherwise, why did she run? Well, panic. After spending the night with her dead husband? This isn't a lady who panics. Okay, Will. I'll add him to the APB. Right. I'll be back late tonight or uh, first thing in the morning. Yeah, we'll see you then. Oh, Will. Yeah. Hold up a minute. Something just came in. Hey, what do you know? The lady went to her bank this morning, closed her account, and took a bunch of stuff from her safe deposit box. Well, it just goes to prove you can't live on love alone. See it. I pride myself on my ability as a police officer. I like my job, and I think I do it well. I've learned in the years I've been at it that a good cop gets a fix on a suspect, begins to empathize with the suspect, and pretty soon it's as though the person you're looking for was carrying a homing device. You begin to zero in on him. I began to get a feeling about the red-haired man. The Prestatown constable steered me to a place called the Snack Bar, where the Bentley girls hang out after classes. It's run by a nice old man, Clement Beatty. How long we been here? Oh, my, we've had the place for years. You recall a young fellow hung around here back before the war? Uh, his name was Rohan. A red-haired boy? That's him. Oh, yes, yes. He was with us for about a school year. Worked here in the shop for me and the missus. Why'd you want to know? I'm trying to locate him. Where's his family with Well, seems to me out west someplace. Or middle west, maybe. Hmm. How do you happen to work for you? Well, he was planning to go to Annexter College up in Royal. Came down here to see about a job. Mother and me leave a standing invitation, you know, register as Walters up there for a deserving boy to help us out. Why was he so far from home? He wanted to be a doctor. And Annexter's one of the best pre-med schools in the country, you know. Yeah. Do you recall a girl at Bentley about that time, Mercedes Clinton, pretty, with blonde hair? She was very close to you. Oh, yeah, sure. Was that her name, Mercedes? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, after Hugh closed the shop, the two of them used to sit back there and talk to all hours. Oh? Well, you know, young kids in love. Yeah, I recall one night I was cleaning up in the kitchen, couldn't help overhearing them. They were making plans, you know, for the future, how he was going to be a doctor. They were going to have a family. How did it all come out? Not very well, I'm afraid. 
We rented a tiny cabin at Rehoboth Beach, close by the water. And that night we slept in each other's arms for the first time since you'd gone off to war. I was awakened later. I don't know what time it was. By the sound of a sudden storm. And lying there, I was aware that she was also awake. Mercy? Yes, dear. Why'd you marry Turner? Did you love him? No. Not ever. I married him because... I don't know. You didn't love him? Never. In fact, for the last few months, I've hated him. I wondered how to get away. But you married him. Yes, dear, I married him. Because there no longer was you, and all I wanted from life was to be protected. I didn't want love or pain anymore. Mercy? Yes, dear. He was right, you know. Your husband was right. About what? I was a convict. I am a convict. I escaped from prison last week. Tomorrow at this time, rest your eyes and listen here to this week's continuing study in suspense, The Wife of the Red-Haired Man. I'm Rod Serling. Today's episode brought to you in part by Quaker State and Presto. This is the Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. I'm Rod Serling. You're listening to the Zero Hour. Rest your eyes. Exercise your imagination. This week, Bill S. Ballinger's best-selling novel, The Pursuit of a Damned Couple. The Wife of the Red-Haired Man. Starring Patty Duplastin. John Astor. And Howard Duff. Elliot Lewis's production of The Zero Hour. The Mutual Broadcasting System presents The Zero Hour. Sponsored in part by the makers of Quaker State Motor Oil and National Presto Industries. This is The Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. supposedly killed in Vietnam, returns after an absence of seven years to find his wife remarried to Albert Turner. In a confrontation, Rohan, the red-haired man, panics and kills Turner. Mercedes Turner, still in love with Rohan, flees with him. She hurriedly gathers money and her jewels, buys a car, and the two escape New York and drive to Delaware. Two detectives, Williams from the 19th Precinct 
and scores from homicide are assigned to the case. Williams finds that Mercedes Turner was secretly married to Hugh Rohan before her second unhappy marriage to Albert Turner. However, he doesn't know it was Rohan who shot Turner. Or is he yet aware that the fugitive Rohan even exists? I drove back to New York late at night after my Connecticut scouting expedition. I found that Mercedes Turner and a young red-haired man named Hugh Rohan had been in love and had gotten married. This confirmed my growing feeling that someone had been with Mercedes Turner when her husband had been murdered. Someone who was with her now as she ran from us. In the morning, Scores was waiting for me with additional medical examiner reports. Albert Turner was shot with a thirty-two, One shot through the heart. Mm. Anything on that carpet stain? The one in the living room? It's Turner's blood, all right. So that's where he was shot. Fingerprints? Well, someone cleaned up pretty well the lab boys feel. You don't say. Yeah, they lifted prints on Turner, the maid, Mrs. Turner, some unidentifieds. But the doorknob, bar surface, phone, all clean of any prints. Hmm. That it? No, one thing more. They picked up a strand of red hair. Texture indicates it's a man's. Now, Thelma Jordan can't recall any visitor to the apartment who had red hair. Miss Battles? Yes? Uh, this is Detective Williams from the New York City Police. I spoke oh, to you yesterday. Mr. Williams, the paper says murder. You didn't say anything about murder. Mrs. Battles, tell me. After Mercedes' father annulled her marriage to Hugh Rohan, what happened to Rohan? Oh, the war happened. He went to Vietnam. And what then? I don't know. I guess he got killed over there. Why do you say that? Because Mercy loved you no matter how her father felt. If she remarried, it was because Hugh Rohan was killed in the war. All right, Miss Battles. Uh, uh, thank you for your help. Hmm. We found a strand of red hair belongs to a ghost. Yeah, right. On the phone yesterday, you said she went to the bank first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Withdrew $4,500 cash. Collected maybe fifty grand in jewels from her safe deposit box. We got a description from the insurance company. And her mink coat, another uh, eight or nine grand? Yeah, probably. All right, send a description of the jewelry to all jewelry stores and pawnbrokers within two days' drive of here. And check out the sale of every new or used car within a couple of hours' drive from here. You think she bought a car? Yes, and I think she's going to start selling her jewels, and I think she's got a red-haired male companion. That ghost, huh? Right, right. I think she's traveling with a ghost. We woke to clear sunny skies, and Hugh seemed more cheerful than the night before. I wanted him to tell me more about what he'd said. That he was a convict. An escaped convict. Whenever I tried to ask him, he'd sense what I was about to say and avoid me. After breakfast, we left, drove to Fredericksburg, where we were married. Then we found another small vacation cottage nearly deserted by the season. You'll tell me what happened when you want to. Or not at all. I love you. I have since the day we met. I always will, no matter what. Oh, mercy. Mercy. Look, someday I'll tell you. Someday. But but not just now. Not yet. 
I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cry on our wedding day. Well, you did last time. <laughs> yeah, I did. Because I was so happy. Come on, let's go inside. Not yet. I want to drive to the drugstore. Which told me last night what the police might have found. We have to do something about your red hair. Yes, then even if they're looking for two people, it won't be us. I'll be right back. You wait inside. I'm not a man who believes in ghosts. I recognize that things happen which can't be explained. And I accept the fact that not everything is written out in capital letters so even a small child will understand. But when the lab finds a single red hair from a male human, then a male human with red hair was in the room where that hair was found. Yet all our information led us to the conclusion that the man in question was dead. But there was still an unexamined part of Mercedes Turner's life. Neighbors named Layton, who lived in the apartment above. Well, you can imagine our surprise. We'd been up in New Hampshire skiing, and we hadn't heard any news. And then on the way home today, we heard about it on the radio. How well did you know the Turners? Oh, casually. You know, you see them in the elevator and say hello, or they get out of a cab you get into. Mm. Uh, Mr. Turner was shot Thursday night. I believe uh, you were here in town then. Yeah, we didn't leave until Friday afternoon. Well, sometime around midnight. We're not sure the exact time. Did you hear a revolver shot? My husband's a perfectionist about his hi-fi. We wouldn't have heard anything because this apartment's soundproofed. Uh-huh. What did you... What did you think of the Turners as people? Uh, as a couple? Mrs. Turner is a beautiful woman. I don't know about him. Oh? Polite enough in the hall and lobby, but... I never really liked him. Hmm. Had a feeling he could be pretty unpleasant if he wanted. On the day of the shooting, or that night, did you see any strangers around the building? Oh, in New York, everyone's a stranger. How do you remember them? Only if they're acting suspiciously or if someone's different. Uh, for instance, last Thursday in this neighborhood, did you see a man with red hair? Real red hair? Well, yes, I saw him. What was he doing? Walking down East Vanders in the rain. That's all, just walking and looking around as if he were searching for an address. Dying Hugh's hair brown changed his appearance remarkably. But very subtly, his attitude had also begun to change. Perhaps it was because my memories were of a younger, more innocent time. When the future was spread safely before us. Ours for the taking. But by the time we left Fredericksburg, he'd become shifty, suspicious. I was driving. Where are we headed? Richmond, Virginia. Why did we stay where we were? What was wrong with Fredericksburg? We can't stay in one place too long, and we're too close to New York, and we need money. What's needing money got to do with driving to Richmond? I have to begin selling my jewelry, Hugh. I don't want to do it in the same town where we were married. You're smart. I worked, you know, while you were gone. I had a good job before I married Albert. I made decisions. I functioned on an executive level. Better being stuck with me. Is that what you mean? No, that's not what I mean. I love you. You know that. You must know that. Why, why else are we together? We're going to stay together. 
take care of anyone who comes between us again. In Richmond, I found a company, the Dixie Jewelers, which bought and sold old jewelry. The man was nice and honest, but I was shocked at what I received from my cluster diamond earrings. How much did you get? $600. They were insured for $35. Where are we going now? You decide. You tell me where you think we should go. Mexico? We can get into Mexico and live there together. They'd never find us. Do you speak Spanish? No. Well, I don't either. You'd be terribly conspicuous. Well, then you decide. You pick a place. Just so we're together. That's all I want. That's all that's ever mattered to me. Do you think everything's going to be all right? Why do you ask? Aren't you sure? I don't know. I'm no longer sure of anything. Those years and... All those years, they take it away from you. Police work takes a lot of sweat and a bit of luck. We got our first break because New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut cooperate closely on car information. A woman answering Mercedes Turner's description had bought a used car in Jersey City, Jersey Plates. When we checked out the name and address she'd given for transfer of title, we found there was no such person and no such address. A teletype to the Delaware State Bridge Authority brought us further information. A trooper remembered the car because it was driven by a man with flaming red hair. The car had crossed the bridge at the end of the Jersey Turnpike. From there, it might have gone into Delaware, Maryland, or Virginia. Car description and the Jersey plate numbers. Good. So there really is a red-haired man, huh? No ghost, a real-life person. Hugh Rohan. I checked the registrar at his college. Annixter? Right. Got his records. Applied for entrance 1964 pre-med. Excellent grades, high school, German, Illinois. Lacking credits in Latin and chemistry, admission denied. Which is an unusual for students from small-town high schools. Well, how do you make it up? Tutoring, usually. And that's what happened to Rowan, huh? No, he didn't have the chance. Wasn't in school, so he was eligible for the draft. Oh, lousy. Instead of going to Annixter, Rohan went to Vietnam. We drove all day under a sky the color of gray worsted. Occasionally, the wind tore narrow rift through the overcast for a watery sun to peep through. We stayed that night at a motel. Our room was as impersonal as a rented locker. We tried having a drink to help us forget everything that had happened. It didn't work. Are you sorry you came? No. I had to come. You can't be sorry for what had to be. <sighs> dark out. Yes. What are you listening for? Do you believe in, uh, in extrasensory perception? 
don't know. Sometimes, maybe. But it'd take a lot of proofing. I had a feeling this afternoon, a sudden, uh, sort of peculiar, odd, like, like intuition. A message said, the chase has started. They're looking for a couple. There's no way you can know that. Oh, yes. Yes, there is. The cons used to talk about it. I, I didn't believe it. But I do now. No. There's no way you know that's true. It's like telepathy. As if, as if some cop's thoughts are being transmitted to me. Not all the time. Just now and then. Just a little bit. Now and then. Where are you going? There's a car parked out there. Michigan plates. I'm going to get rid of our jersey ones. Here are the records and Rohan's prints from his army induction. Disappeared on a patrol in Vietnam in 1965. Missing in action, presumed dead. We got anything on our wanted flyers? I think we did, Will. A couple of days before Albert Turner was shot, three cons broke out of Bodo Prison in Canada. Now, two of them were recaptured, but one is still at large. And that one's got red hair. What name? John Red Cargill. Siemens Papers. Three to ten for false passport, illegal entry, and smuggling. He'd served seven when he split. Cargill's prints match Rohan's. Picture of Cargill? Correspondence Bureau received a telephoto copy of him from Montreal. Right here. Yeah. It's funny. I knew he'd look like this. Good features, clean cut, sensitive mouth, eyes. I could see him in my mind. Yeah. Guy like that. Seven years in prison. <laughs> Probably crack open pretty easy. But, well, the trouble is, we, we don't really know if he shot Albert Turner. Rohan and the Clinton girl were married when they were kids or old man. We know the marriage. Wait a minute. And the woman's safety deposit was open. But... Man, it was this list of contents. Insurance policies, empty silk jewel case, title to co-op. Uh, here we are. Why would she keep an empty envelope? Oh, probably she didn't bother to throw it out. Or maybe there was a return address on it. Who are you calling? Banners, DA's office. Find out if there's a name and address on that envelope. We didn't stop again until we reached Kansas City. We had run from the Atlantic to the Midlands. Hugh's mood varied from moment to moment. Sometimes he was cheerful and optimistic, and I had hopes, against my better sense, that perhaps something would work out for us. But then he'd plunge into gloom and despair. And try as I might, I, I could see no future for us except to run until we were caught. Perhaps he felt the same way in that tiny Kansas City hotel room. Oh, Hugh, please put that gun away. I need it. Reminds me of prison. What I may need to do so I don't go back there. You have to get rid of it. It's direct evidence. I won't let matters get that far. 
Why did you marry Turner? I told you why. You were gone so long. I tried to convince myself that I didn't love you anymore. But the moment you came back, it was the same way it had always been. Isn't that enough? But now you're... What do you think? What are you thinking? That I'm different? That I'm not the same? We've both changed, darling. I no longer know what you think or feel either. Both of us together. Possibly we can make one whole person. gave her the name on the empty envelope we'd found in Mercedes Turner's safety deposit box, Sayer and Bates Attorneys. I talked to Arnold Bates, a junior partner. He was very cooperative. He told me he'd handled an Enoch Arden decree for Mercedes Clinton against Hugh Rohan not quite two years earlier. The marriage had been secret, and Mercedes Clinton Rohan had wanted the decree kept secret. Her father was an old man in poor health, and she hadn't heard from her husband Hugh in seven years. He was presumed dead. You mean they were married a second time. Right. After Lyman Clinton had the first marriage to know, they were married again secretly, just before Rohan was sent to Vietnam. Where he goes out on a patrol and disappears. To service again in a Canadian jail under another name. Uh-huh. Well, whatever names they use, Will, we got a description, we got his prints, and we know their car. We're going to get them. Yes, I think we will. Any reports on the jewelry? Not yet. Keep after it. They're going to need money. During the day, for tonight, the temperature for Kansas City and vicinity should dip to 39 degrees. It will be cloudy tomorrow with a chance of snow flurries. How long are we going to stay here? Oh, another day or so. Got to move on. Get out of the country. We need money to do that. Hugh... Don't the police get reports on pawned articles? Yeah. So I've heard. Instead of pawning my things, I'll run an ad in the paper and sell them myself. That's dangerous. No, I don't think so. Kansas City is a big place. The police won't pay any attention to a newspaper ad. And then we'll move on? Yes. Hugh, I promised I wouldn't ask you about prison, and I'll keep that promise. I don't want to talk about it. But we must get out of the country. To do that, we'll need passports. Well? Do you know anyone? Someone who could get us passports? In prison, I knew... We have to leave the country. Yeah. Yeah. I know someone who might... But, uh, it's expensive. We'll get the money. We have to buy passports. I think we've run as far as we can. You are listening to Mutual's presentation of The Zero Hour. Vista means... Join us Wednesday for the exciting conclusion of The Wife of the Red-Haired Man. If you're enjoying our show, please do send us a review at 1001 Radio Days. Reviews are always appreciated, 
and they help new listeners decide to give us a try. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll be back soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.